Welcome, welcome. This week, Diceratops presents part 9 of D&D Saga, Beard to the Bone. In Craddock House, Mascara and Jackwick have found the man they came to rescue, and Jackwick has also been reunited with his old friend, the monster under the bed. Our players are Jules Bergeser and Tom Adams. I'm Morgan Davy, the Dungeon Master. Let's dungeon some dragons. Alright, uh, welcome back to D&D Saga Bed to the Bone, the Diceratops series of um, weird things involving camels and beds and butterflies. I don't think there have been butterflies, but there's been lots of other stuff. Um, I am uh, Morgan Davy, the Dungeon Master, and here with me as always for these adventures uh two wonderful adventurers uh played by two wonderful people jules bergeser who plays mascara stormfire hey jules Kia ora. and tom adams who plays jack gambleson hey tom hey hey welcome so this is this is part this is part nine part nine of the series and um things are getting getting a little bit little bit hair raising i think you're at the top of a tower in craddock house with um uncle george the uh kind of master of this whole business that they've got operating uh down the stairs a little bit um being very unhappy with you because you have broken into his little airy prison and um had a chat to the person inside uh thaddeus also known as thud i believe who um is an old um an old crush of uh, mascaras from long ago and the person that you were sent to rescue so you've kind of got half the rescue done but there's a bit of a problem with getting out the way you came um another option has just appeared though because jackwick has been reunited with is it an is it an old crush for jackwick no but it's certainly someone that jackwick has strong feelings for um, it's uh, the mysterious underbed monster known as Steffi, who has just embraced Jackwick. So, um, yeah, behind behind the underbed creature, there's a big, glowing, um, mysterious, sinister portal that leads to the underbed realm, and uh, that's that's where we are with the two of you and the creature, and Thud, and uh, of course uh, Peter Craddock, the nice brother, um, who's a bit messed up as well. So. How to start with all of that going on? I don't know. Let's um, let's throw into uh, let's throw it to you, um, Jules, as uh, Mascara, as you witness um, Jackwick being embraced by this horrific, monstrous claw that reached out from under the bed. Because I don't think you have you you weren't there the last time Steffi mm -hmm. was encountered, so um, you might have heard mention of him from Jackwick. How does it how does it feel to be in this particular situation at this particular time? What's <laughs> going through your head? I think. I think what actually happens is as as this monstrous claw kind of comes out of the bed, there's that primal fear like that Jackwick obviously does not have, but of being a kid and being scared of the thing under the bed, you know? And so what she does is instinctively like leaps into Thad's arms, kind of like, ah, <laughs> like sort of because, when, you know, when she met Dad, she was much younger. So that yeah. that's still kind of there in the background. And so she's like now clinging desperately to Thad while looking and then goes, wait, I'm like way more powerful than this. <laughs> like, and, and like, and then it's like smacking him to put her down so that she can like fire at this thing. All of that happens yep. as she, as she slowly takes in. Jack Quick doesn't seem to be bothered. That's absolutely 
perfect um thud is is delighted to receive you and kind of hold you and then um let you down uh he looks he looks very very worried because um as he just said to you that the whole reason he's been held here is to try and summon a creature from under the bed, a creature that he's been terrified of this whole time. So he made his own little bed in the far corner so he wouldn't sleep on the proper one. So this is like his fears coming true. Um, and he is, he is not really able to process what is going on and the relationship that Jackwick is on is displaying here. So he is just completely bug-eyed out of control um also across the room is uh peter who is looking on this with al almost um almost kind of wonder in his eyes um but he is silent and still as well amazed at what is happening um so uh yeah jack quick um you you are enjoying your cuddle from steffi and you notice that mascara is kind of looking in your direction um let's go to the two of you you're the kind of the only two who are capable of really talking in a coherent way right now so let's hear what you have to say to each other and we'll go from there jack wick immediately is i'm um, like stroking the gigantic fingers and he like turns <laughs> mascaras see i told you i told you there she is steffi how are you my friend i've i knew i'd find you i knew it. and look you've got colors now you've got colors well done oh you're beautiful you're beautiful if his fingers kind of wiggle and a long claw comes out and um, gently like tickles Jackwick's head. Jackwick giggles. <laughs> Mascara's now like got her, much like Jill's, has <laughs> got her hand on her mouth, just kind of like processing all of this and then sort of looks over and goes, right, Steffi, got it. Friendly? Friendly to us too? Could you find that out before I come over there? What you say, Steffi? Now these are friends of mine. Now I haven't, I have. They're, they they don't fight well. I don't know. But I can't speak for two of them. But one of them doesn't find me scary. Um, but these are, are friends, well, too. One of them, I'm not sure of, but we'll find out. Um, but don't you know? Do whatever it was you're going to do to me first when we first met. Don't do that to them. The claw kind of slides along along the ground. The like sharp sharp tips of the claws scrape on the ground as it moves and pulls back towards the underbed and as it does it lifts an index finger and it points suspiciously at peter craddock and peter craddock <laughs> his eyes go a bit bigger and he looks to jackwick for some kind of assistance uh now now i think that one might be one of the good ones uh i know they haven't treated you particularly well uh by all accounts or or we're not planning to treat you well but this one this one does seem to have have a soul so to speak. So he's at least, you know, twice as good as me. Uh, now, so I would say he's fine. He's fine. And, and Mascara looks over at Peter and is like, uh, tell him about the birds. Tell him, tell him that you like the birds. If you like something, maybe it'll be better. Um, I'm, <clears throat> I'm very sorry that my uncle wants to capture you and control you. I want things to be free to determine their own fate, to, um, to do as they will. And I hope that doesn't include reaching out from under the bed to eviscerate innocent people or any such thing. Well, there you go, Steffi. Uh, now, I would say uh, that this seems like we're all here uh, about to have 
a great time as a team. Uh, so I think, you know, bygones be bygones, but that's his family's bygones, not him. So what you say? It is like reaches a thumb out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thumb comes out. Perfect. <clears throat> As the thumb comes out, um, Mascara, you are um, kind of attentive to the situation always as as a as a rogue. And um, you've been paying particular attention to the door out, to the staircase up for sounds of anything coming up. There haven't been any further noises from that direction. But you do hear something. It's kind of just been a little bit in the background and suddenly it snaps into focus as something that is getting closer and closer and is probably worthy of attention it's a very loud buzzing sound and it's coming from outside from out one of the narrow windows or any of the narrow windows there's this buzzing noise okay um so i mean i i would sort of walk to the window without really needing to say anything to jackwick because jackwick and i are, are close enough he would understand you know what mm-hmm. i mean um, and so I, w- I just walk to the window to look out to see if I can see anything. Cool. Out the window, you look and you can see in the, the weird light of this place, you can see flying through the low clouds a beast. It looks, well, it does look kind of like a giant bee, only it's got this weird, twisted, almost humanoid face with a kind of scraggly beard and sharp, sharp teeth. And its nose is this long, sharp proboscis that sticks out in front of it. These bee wings buzzing behind and its sharp um, claws dangling from its legs below it as it just gets closer and closer and closer. It's large and it is definitely heading directly towards you. Um, it will be upon this this space any any minute. There's no way it can fit in these windows, but it would probably be able to reach in. Yeah. So I I look at Jack Quick. My face goat is like quite serious, and I'm like Jack Quick. If you think it's safe, I think we should go now. Well, I don't know if it's safe, but it certainly seems like it'd be safer here, Stiffy. Now it stands to reason that you are a creature under this bed, but you could be a creature under any bed. Can can we can we go with you? Can you take us to another bed? The the claw kind of um, reaches out to you, Jack Quick, and extends a finger for you to grasp. And then it once you do, it just retracts under the bed into this weird portal slowly at a nice walking pace, leading you into it. Yeah, uh. <laughs> can take them too. <laughs> yeah, mascara grabs onto your hand like quite firmly, almost like almost like you know what that kind of grab. <laughs> I don't know oh, yeah. how you, what you call yeah. that, Steffi. like the weird three way. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Steffi um, w- waits for you to grab on, and then waits further to see if the other two do as yeah. well. Um, uh, Peter steps forward and and he takes hold of as well. He takes hold of. Um, I think he'll he'll hold onto your shoulder, Jackwick, and be close to you on that side. And you look Quite back, <laughs> and um, you see Thud is kind of standing on the far side of the room, his back against the wall. He's just so overcome by terror. He has been he has been systematically terrorized with the threat of this thing for the whole time he has been held captive here. He is not thinking straight and he is not reaching out to join you the buzzing is getting closer what are you going to do uh, mascara 
Um, I mean, how far away it, from him am I? Oh, a couple of paces. He's easily done. Yeah. So I think I think what I want to do is it's an old it's an old trick that we used to do to each other. I want to like basically lean down, trip him, and then grab his foot. Um, and and I and just like as I'm doing this, I'm lovingly saying to him and grinning like kind of at him as I'm doing it. But I'm lovingly saying, "You've just got to trust me if I'm going to trust you." Nice. And you know, and we're just like Congo lining through <laughs> me dragging him by the foot. <laughs> give me Jack give McLean's me a persuasion d- check. I would like a charisma based check. I'm using persuasion. You can have advantage for that because you're using your connection of old to try and get through to him. Nice. Nice. Okay. Well, 18. 18. So, All right. Good. That is good. That is good. 15 was um, pretty much what you needed, and a 20 would have made him eager to come along. As it is, he's hesitant, but um, you kind of trip him, you get his foot, he, he comes out of his almost trance-like state. He sees what you're trying to get him to do, and he, he nods and summons his courage, and, and I'm like, it's okay. It's yeah. okay. I'll do it for you. I'll drag you through. You don't have to do a thing. You're with me. It's okay. Yeah. Like I'm talking to him like that the whole time. Like, <laughs> Jack leans over and says, there you go. Welcome my boy, boy. Now, bear in mind, she's not the scariest thing in this room. <laughs> All right. Um, so who's going through first, Jackwick, I presume? Oh, Jackwick's going to um, pause for a moment and he's going to yeah. call out. He's mm-hmm. gonna go, Are you there? Where are, you, where are you there, George? You can hear Uncle George's voice coming raspily up the stairs. Of course I am, Gambleson. Are you ready to surrender? I wouldn't think that. Otherwise, I probably would be coming out through the door. No, I was just uh, here to offer you a warning. Seems you've taken advantage of certain traits of mine. And I'd like to note that uh, there are people I need to protect here, but... Should that no longer be the case, I will be coming back for you. And when I do, I will be—I will not be alone. And we will have words, sir. We will have words inside your brain. You better hope your brain can take it. Now, here's an idea. Back there, Stanley, your little whatever he is. I've left him tied up, stuffed with worm food. Now, if my calculations are right, he should be worm food right now for something else. So I'd say, if you've been backtracking through my steps, maybe a bit, do that a bit quicker this time. Cheerio. <laughs> and, then, and then I add to that, oh, by the way, we're taking Peter, bye! <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, you, so you, you finish this, there is a beat, and then Uncle George says, ah, I'll have you begging for mercy, begging for mercy. And you can hear another voice, one of the brothers nearby say, where is Stanley? I haven't seen Stanley all morning. Someone go look for Stanley. Worm food. And there's this kind of hubbub of the brothers who are down there as well. Um, and they're reacting badly to that. And someone's saying, Peter, they've got Peter. Um, as this is reacting, you just hear the rage coming up from Uncle George. And then there is this um, thump against the side of the tower as the great <laughs> bee beast appears. It's weird, bluish chitin appearing at the narrow windows and it starts to move its head to try and get its sharp sharp proboscis to stab through the gap i'm like shoving kind of 
pulling. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I'm scared of bees. <laughs> <laughs> Allergic. Oh no, my weakness. Bee venom. <laughs> All right. The the stiffy claw begins to pull you in. Good. Good. You, you walk, Jack. Let's do it. And you we go. enter. You enter the underbed. The um, underbed swallows you up. Uh, mascara coming second. You're concentrating probably most of all on leading Thud, so he stays close to you and stays committed. So you're almost kind of half walking backwards into this magical portal to a place associated with terror. So it's it's not an easy situation for you in a lot of ways, but as this kind of weird darkness envelops you, you... Um, you just see the the tower fall away as if it's just sinking into the distance, flying upwards. And you can see the sharp, sharp, um, stabbing bee thing just jabbing into the holes. It would have been able to reach someone probably, but there is no one there anymore. There's just this empty room that is now just a tiny little square in the farthest point of your vision and then is gone. And you are somewhere else, the four of you somewhere else with Steffi and um the uh, the first thing that you really notice is is the smell the smell of it is um it's musty and it's old and it's in a sense it's almost it's almost comforting in the same way that waking up at the end of a nightmare is comforting but then layered over the top of that is this the knowledge that you're always going to be falling back asleep and there's going to be more trouble there. And you're just a kid. You're just a kid curled up tight, holding onto your teddy bear. And you look around and, um, well, I'm, I'm not even sure of, of, of what features that you will see. So let's find out a little bit about this environment. I'm going to, I'm going to ask, um, Jack quick, can you tell me one thing that is really obvious to you when you look around the, the underbed? It's, it's low. <clears throat> the ceiling is it, it doesn't even feel like there's a ceiling it's it's clouds mm. but they are, they seem hard they seem solid and so they're they're low not so low that so jackwick can pretty much walk fine but a, a human would have to stoop um, right. but it just it feels claustrophobic mm. nice <laughs> awesome awesome mascara so it's low and yeah you're having to stoop and thud having to get down low in order to move around without hitting your head on whatever's above you you're just coming to terms with this environment and there's a there's a noise that you can hear what's the noise that you can hear it's like a a, a low rumble kind of constantly but sometimes it gets a bit louder and then it seems to ease off again mm-hmm yeah, but it, never so loud that it feels like crazy, you know, intimidating. It's just there's this low sort of humming in the background somewhere. Nice. Cool. Um, so it's an uneasy kind of space. And um, Steffi, um, this large claw, like... From this environment, Mascara, you you try and 
observe what you can see of Steffi, but all you can really see is this enormous claw and then an arm that stretches away into shadows. There's lots of um, lots of shadows where you are. It's not clear where exactly the light source is coming from. It's like you're kind of like a dark vision thing. You can see a certain distance into the into the environment, but beyond that, it's just dark. And Steffi's whatever is at the end of the arm is just concealed in the darkness. Um, but this hand is just kind of on the on the ground right next to where Jackwick is, and it makes a um, a point just away. There's not really any obvious difference in any of the directions that you are faced here, so you just are, are pointed a certain way. Um, Jackwick, are you going to take any initiative and, and lead here? You're kind of the obvious person to do so. Yeah, um, Jackwick kind of reaches down and pets uh, Steffi's hand or claw. And he goes, thank you. Uh, I think I know what to do. And he pulls out his flute and he starts walking in the direction Steffi pointed, but playing uh, one of the old lullabies from, from not his childhood, but when, you know, he, he used to live with a lot of other halflings. And, yeah. uh, you know, when he was looking after the kids, he'd play lullabies. And so, yeah, he plays his flute. Amazing. Could, yeah. could you give me a charisma performance role, please? Uh, I can, and that will be a 21. 21. Oh, sorry, wow. no, well, uh, or a 19 if I'm just using flute. Yeah. A 21 <laughs> for performance. Oh, right, right, right. So, um, the, the lullaby that Jack Wick is playing is, um, uh, well, it'd be very, very calming, very calming to you, Mascara. Have you heard this particular melody before, do you think? No, I don't reckon I would have. Um, I didn't exactly get lullabies when I was younger, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think I think this is probably one that Jackwick hasn't played before, and and so it's quite like hauntingly, calmingly beautiful, you know. Yeah. Cool. Um, sticking with your point of view, Mascara, you're you have these these kind of rogue senses you're just focused on trouble and there's so many like everywhere in every direction there is the potential for danger coming so I feel like it's like one of those yeah. environments where you can see like shadowy lumps and f things off in the distance but then when you get closer it doesn't really turn into anything it's sort of like it turns into like just a small lump in the ground, you yeah. know, like when you're mm. a kid and you see like figures in the jacket that's hanging on the back of the wardrobe, like that's yeah. kind of how the environment is as well. You see figures, but then they just turn out to be a lump in the ground. Like yeah. that's yeah. yeah. So mascara is constantly a little on edge sort of everywhere and doesn't really know what to do, but is just has also blind faith and blind love for Jack Wick. So it's just following and trusting. Yeah. But yeah. Awesome. Um, as you, um, you are kind of noticing these, these lumps and distortions, you do see something, some, a disturbance at the extreme end of your vision. That's not um, kind of resolving itself into into just a lump, something that's moving, and it comes close enough that you can kind of see this weird hopping grayish shape, and then there's another one kind of hopping after it, approaching approaching Jackwick. <laughs> this little sit up, these little little bunnies, little dust bunnies, 
and they <laughs> they can see they can they are just fixated on this lullaby that is being played and then there's more coming after them this little flock of bunnies hopping closer and closer to catch up to um to where you are jackwick until so, you're kind of so fully surrounded by them that you you'd find it hard to walk further without standing on one of these things they're about up to jackwick's waist in height so they're not tall um and they don't look very strong but they're they're certainly present and um are, are kind of alive uh yeah it so, brushes past me and leaves a whole lot of like fur on my my <laughs> yeah <laughs> leg doesn't it yeah 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 yep, absolutely as as it does so um thaddeus kind of leans against you mascara and um then kind of catches himself takes a deep breath and um then he tries to catch your eye and um are you giving him attention at the moment or are you more preoccupied i i i sort of reluctantly like it's that thing where you like turn your head but you haven't your eyes haven't left jackwick yet and it's mm-hmm. not until my head gets all the way around that i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> um he leans in and talks in a whisper and says i take it you trust this guy mascara doesn't even hesitate even though jules did because she was just drinking um she <laughs> says she says with my life it's good enough for me and you see with that as he turns away again that he's he's kind of taken a lot of confidence from that straightens up a little bit more looks around he's he's a lot more himself he's a lot more the the guy that you remember all of a sudden um yeah and it makes me like reach out and sort of squeeze him like by the arm a little bit like almost proud of him nice. you know and yeah and then sort of keep turn around back to jack quick and i assume we're still kind of walking through the bunnies probably not at any kind of pace here <laughs> yeah you've you've yeah. definitely been slowed down a bit peter kind of um goes down on one knee alongside you jack Wick, and holds out a hand um to a bunny and a bunny kind of struggles against his hand and then pulls back and he lifts up his hand and it's covered with dust and he holds <laughs> it up and then he, he he starts to sneeze a little bit oh oh um he steps back but he's got he's got this just kind of this weird happy smile on his face um Jackwick, you you come to um, kind of the end of a phase of your lullaby, um, a moment where it's appropriate to just take a little pause. Um, at the moment you pause, Steffi kind of reaches past you and flicks one of the dust bunnies out of the way. <laughs> it goes flying off into the darkness. Then he starts lining up another one, flicks it away. Um, <laughs> uh, what, what are you, you going to be doing now? <laughs> Do the bunnies seem upset by this <laughs> well the other bunnies are kind of hopping hopping away a little bit um but they're still looking at you to see if you're going to be playing some more <laughs> Decker kind of uh look sorry i on you here not not entirely uh used to the customs but um steffi you, you know you could just tap them you don't have to flick them just just you know a little bit gentle they're only dust bunnies I'm not sure they can take a full hit. <laughs> Give me a persuasion roll. Uh, that'll be a 19. Nice. 19. All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, Steffi lines up another another big flick as this, the big, biggest, fattest dust bunny kind of hops right in front of the finger. And Steffi's finger is kind of vibrating with desire to flick it and then slowly <laughs> releases, reaches down, picks it up. <laughs> carries it slightly to the side. 
that. Also, now of... we know where they are. <laughs> For all we know, you're flicking them all the way over to the other side of them, and then we're going to deal with them later on. Nice. But thank you. I like the thank idea you. that Steffi's just, like, clearing your path. <laughs> <laughs> like chess pieces. Yeah. And then suddenly the remaining dust bunnies towards the back of this flock, they suddenly react and start to start to bounce away they're flipping out of the way and you can feel um the the ground kind of uh rumbling as something is approaching something's getting close it's bearing down on you from the darkness beyond um steffi uh kind of the hand gets up and makes a claw shape getting ready for whatever is coming how do you two react Yeah, I mean, I'm judging by Steffi and mm-hmm. the bunnies. So I've probably been fascinated with the bunnies and then the bunnies are all hopping away. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that can't be good, right? That means it's bad. So, <laughs> like, that means bad. <laughs> Real good English. Um, <laughs> so I've probably got my um, hand crossbow out at this point, mm-hmm. like pointing at shadows because... <laughs> yep. Shrug. <laughs> and Jack Rick's got his hands up and, you know, looks at Steffi as... All right, well, I guess I'll take this seriously. And his hands start to kind of warp and twist and his fingers kind of start to bend around. Uh, And Mascara does say to Jack Wick briefly, do you think darkness is the best time in darkness? I don't know how this is going to (laughs) go. If I'm perfectly honest, I'm not sure I can do anything else. Um... Okay, we'll see how this goes then. (laughs) All right, well, bring it on, I guess. Uh, All right, or... um... This, <laughs> what you see is is like a giant mouth looming darkly out of the darkness and it uh, just leaps towards you um think of like a giant snake flying directly towards you and i think uh i'll give both of you a, a kind of reaction opportunity before i make an attack roll for, for it to try and swallow someone so um you mascara you have your your crossbow out did you say yeah yeah she'd probably fire off a bolt Okay. Into this thing's mouth. Yep. Um, pre-attackers. Oh, that's nice. That's a 17 on the dice, so that's a 25. Thank Ooh. you. Yep. Very, very good. Very good hit. What damage um, are you going to do with that? is only seven damage, though, but, okay. you know, seven is still seven. The seven is still seven. Okay, so you um, just reflectively spin and fire at this thing as, as it comes flying out. Uh, Jackwick. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, Jackwick will do the same. Jackwick will just... Um, reach out both his hands mm-hmm. and do a, um, two simultaneous Eldritch Blasts. Right. Um, one for a net 20. Um, and uh, the next one will be a uh, 17. Perfect. Um, so they are both going to hit and they are both going to do more damage. So it's taken seven points of damage. Uh, and I need to give it, sorry. Uh, do we do, roll twice? Um, yeah, yeah. So I've got 14 for the first hit and... Uh, eight, so I do 22 damage. Right. Cool. Um, okay, the, this thing um, kind of reacts. Um, it's it's sort of battered around by the, the um, damage that you have done to it, but it's still flying in to swallow someone, and I'm going to roll. That was the wrong roll. Um, it's not one of you. It's, oh, Peter. Peter's in trouble. Peter, are you going to get bit? I think Peter is going to get bit. So this enormous mouth of this multicolored creature just um, envelops him whole and just grabs him, swallows him and keeps going as it kind of slides away. It's half away into the darkness. Um, 
Thaddeus can uh, he doesn't have a weapon I don't think so um, I think reflexively he's just going to try and grab it oh he's only going to roll a five to do that so he's not going to be very successful um, so the the two of you you have a moment to react before Peter's captor is going to just disappear into the dark um, yeah oh there's a Steffi um, as well do you want to roll for Steffi uh, Jackwick's actually going to talk to Steffi okay. Steffi uh, launch me if you wouldn't mind and uh, he's going to get Steffi to throw him yep. at the the um, the worm. Right. Okay. And uh, and uh, as he as he does so, um, uh, he sees that there's kind of the, the gouges of, of of you know the, the the eldritch blasts and the the crossbow along the side of the um yep. along the side of the worm, and he sees those gouges and they're bleeding. They got red, big no. flashes of red. And so I'm going to use that 16. Ah, um, cool. At the moment, he's going to use those to see those wounds, and you know that he can actually nice. use those to grab hold. Excellent. As as that goes for Peter too, because I haven't had any movement. Can I try and throw myself in front of him? Like I don't know how successful that would be, and I don't know if that's a turn. But I don't want to see anybody I'm with hurt, so I would reflexively throw myself in front. Um, I think um, I think what we'll do is just make it a um, an acrobatics roll for you mascara and if you roll well then you can tell me what happens we're we're coming close on our time so let's mm. see let's see where we're going to finish up um holy crap uh 22 22 all right <laughs> so you you tell me where you are mascara and then we'll go from there so what 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 happened you rolled really yeah, well so- I think Peter was kind of sort of beside me anyway, mm-hmm. like walking along beside me. And so when I fired, he was just sort of cowering there yep. next to me. And mm-hmm. so instead of like, as this thing kind of launches at him, mm-hmm. I just sort of spin and get my back right. in the way. Okay. So he's still standing exactly where he is, but yep. I'm just in front of him now, probably right in front of him, like <laughs> right <laughs> so, up in his chest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that this, this thing, okay. So yes, you are inside. You're inside yeah. it. Peter yeah. is inside it. You're being carried away into the darkness. Um, Steffi picks up Jackwick and hurls Jackwick after the retreating worm. And you you kind of fly. Um, you bounce off the the suspiciously soft ceiling, <laughs> <laughs> and then land. Grab a spring. <laughs> Yep, grab onto the outside of this thing as it um, moves with some great pace away towards wherever it has taken you. I'm not sure where it's going to be, and we might have to find that out next time because we're just and about I scream out, out. I scream out, <laughs> as I get swallowed. Oh, fantastic! All right, um, it's a it's a just another ordinary day for Jack Wick and <laughs> Mascara. Um, Did we just get swallowed by a sock? Well, that was going to oh. be next week's revelation. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a giant sock. It's a giant sock. Whoever controls the sock controls the galaxy. I'm so You're sorry. Being taken. I it. You, no, no, it's all good. I'm sure. I'm sure our listeners will have been uh, getting the direction this wind was blowing. You're being taken away to wherever the lost socks go. Um, sock halud. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, wonderful. So that was uh, lots of fun. Um, yeah, there'll be there'll be more next week, and um, I guess it's a it's a goodbye from me, and it's a uh, farewell and thank you to uh, Tom Adams. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks, Morgan. <laughs> and Jules Bergeser. Uh, Aloha, Nui, everyone. Mwah. All right. See you next time. Ooh. Bye.
Bye. This has been Diceratops Presents Bed to the Bone Part 9. All of Bed to the Bone is on YouTube, so if you want to see my eyes go big when the players surprise me, you can find us there at Diceratops NZ. Diceratops NZ is also how you find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, so find us there. Do sign up for our email newsletter as well at Diceratops.nz. That way you'll get all the news as it happens. And uh, make sure you don't forget about our amazing live shows at the Wellington Fringe Festival in March. Three shows on Saturday nights. D&D Live, Don't Dream It's Ogre. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends to join the fun and watch us at the Fringe. I'm Morgan Davey. We are Diceratops. We love games and our shows are for everyone. 